What are the things that I can do to gain clarity if I'm confused about what I want to do in my career? How can I be confident to practice in the unique way that I believe in, even if people around me don't agree? How can I deal with imposter syndrome? How can I transition into one area of specialty? What are the challenges of opening up a new practice? How can I break over that 100K a year benchmark? These are just some of the questions that we cover in today's episode with sports chiropractor, Luke Nelson. Now, if you've been following me for a while, you will need no introduction to Luke. We have done a lot of work together, most notably our Instagram reels. So check those out if you want to laugh and to learn things as well. So for anyone who isn't familiar with Luke already, Luke is a sports chiropractor with over 17 years of experience. He's established a sports-focused practice called Health and High Performance, where he treats predominantly endurance athletes, like runners and triathletes. Luke has worked with a whole range of elite sporting teams, as well as elite individual athletes. He's done regular international talks. And while doing all of this, Luke is an avid runner himself. He plays basketball. He's the president of Sports Cairo Australia, and he is the father to two young, beautiful children. So given how he's been able to develop his career while being the absolute embodiment of being deeply fulfilled and loving what he does, I couldn't imagine anyone better to bring onto the podcast to talk about how you can excel in your career as a health professional. If you want to achieve your potential as a professional, this episode is for you. So let's get into it. This is episode number 26 of the Aligned Performance Podcast with sports chiropractor, Luke Nelson. So as someone with 17 years of experience, you've established a sports-focused practice, health and high-performance working with a whole range of elite sporting teams, doing regular international talks. Luke Nelson, this is going to be the perfect episode to talk about how you can excel in your career as a health professional. So welcome. Thanks, Trang. It's great to great to be on. Long-time listener and, and uh, well, first-time appearance on, on this podcast. We had previously appeared on your uh, on your previous one, but uh, no, it's been great to uh, great to see um, you branching out and, and going uh, going down this this path. I've, I've certainly learned uh, learned a lot from your, your previous podcast. So great to uh, great to be on. Yeah, great to have you on. And you know, I'm sure you don't need any introduction. We've done a lot of work together, but over this episode, we'll go into your journey as a chiropractor, how you've gotten to where you are today. But first, to get into it, I want to ask you, Luke, what does it look like to you to excel in your career? And going off that, what are some of your proudest career milestones to date? So good question to kick things off. I think um, in terms of excelling in, in what you do, I think it comes down to to you've got to have passion. Uh, if you if you don't enjoy and and love doing what you're doing, it's it's going to be very hard to uh, very hard to excel in it. Uh, now, whether that's something you can just have, as in, yep, there's there's passion off off you go. Uh, I, I certainly don't think that everyone um, is passionate about the same thing. So it's a matter of finding what what is you know what is important to you and what what you what you, what really drives you. I know for me, you know, it's something that uh, that work for me is something I do get up every every morning. And excited to excited to do and excited about the day ahead 
Um, it, it's uh, you know it's fulfilling to me. Uh, I think that's a that's a big part of of excelling in in what in what you do, in that you find purpose and and it uh, it it fits your your purpose in life really. And and for me, that's a big part of that is being able to help people and and helping people uh, whether that's you know achieve their their, their sporting goals, uh, whether it's to to help them you know relieve pain, or whether it's helping you know other practitioners as well and, and doing with some of the the um, uh, membership organisations that, that I'm involved in. So I think that excelling is, uh, again, it's very subjective. You know, how do you, how do you say to someone, oh, yes, you've really excelled, you know, you've, you've got to this certain level. But I think uh, I think it's personally, more personally, it comes down to uh, a sense of, of fulfilment um, and uh, that it enables you to, to live the lifestyle that you that you want to do as well. Yeah, yeah. And that's something that I see you like really exuding day to day because I see you quite regularly and you're always <laughs> very fulfilled and it's clear that you love what you do, which is so awesome to see. Um, and what are some of your proudest career milestones to date? Yeah, part two of the question there. So, um, look, I've, I've had a, a number of things to date. I'm, I'm very lucky to be given a lot of the opportunities that uh, that I have. I've, I've uh, well, I've, I've been lucky enough to to speak in in a number of different countries around the world, in in uh, through Europe and and uh, America. So that's that's been great to um, to meet some fantastic people. Uh, lucky enough to well to to treat a number of of uh, you know high profile in, individuals over the over the years, um, but. So actually, probably one of my most enjoyable moments was uh, was four years ago working as part of the uh, International Sports Cairo uh, Federation uh, and part of the delegation there to the World Games over in which was over in Poland. So that was in 2017, and uh, that's a, a big multidisciplinary games. Basically, it's it's for uh, the, a lot of the sports that that aren't in the Olympics, and so um, things like actually rock uh, rock climbing, speed climbing. So that was just recently um, elevated to the games. Uh, these actually it, it's of I guess the the breeding ground for, for these uh, these um, sports to to uh, show that they can do things and, and be elevated up onto the Olympic stage and so you, you're seeing some you know very high level athletes at, in their in their chosen sports and just um, uh, the it was a really fantastic environment to work in you know we were working alongside uh, team orthopedic uh, surgeons and and, uh, and and doctors and and just just the collaboration that was between between everyone was just was just great you know everyone was just there to the for the benefit of the athletes um the, the athletes really appreciated it uh working with a great team of, of uh fellow sports chiros as well so it was it was fantastic i, I yeah i really really uh, enjoyed that and and uh well there's another one coming up next year but i don't know it's over in the states next year but i don't know if we'll be uh if we'll be, be traveling for that but I'd, I'd love to do another one at some at some stage in future so that was that was probably one of my yeah one of the 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 most enjoyable moments of my, of my career so far Mm, that sounds incredible, especially getting to travel while doing what you love mm. and having you know a positive impact on those who you're working with. That's yeah, that's something that I think a lot of people look up to being able to do at some point. And I know in recent in the recent years, like we haven't been able to do that since the pandemic started. But it's funny because as you were talking, um, talking about your international talks, I was thinking, you know, you've made it in quotation marks when you've got to get up at like two or three a.m. in the morning to do an international talk. <laughs> yeah. Tell us a little bit about some of those talks that you've done. Yeah, well, I've been been certainly um, picking up a few um, uh, stamps in my virtual passport in the last at last two years ago so not not how not my preference for travel uh in that uh you know armchair armchair travel but yeah look i guess the the um uh the benefit if you like of, of this uh, this pandemic
pandemic is is um, it's really opened up for a lot of people. Um, you know, the speaking internationally, but over you know people doing over Zoom now these days, everyone's quite comfortable to do that. So there's been a uh, a real explosion in in uh, and that that online uh, learning um, space, and, and that's been great for me personally too because I've been able to learn a lot from from other other speakers internationally that I wouldn't normally be able to uh, to hear from. So um, you know, it's worked well for for me in that regard. But but yeah, it's it's been good. Of, of uh, the time difference, we always get uh, we always get it pretty hard down here in Australia with uh, uh, and being involved in international organisations. That uh, you know, often having to get up at four or five a.m. for a, for a meeting. But but yeah, the, probably the hardest was that was that three o'clock uh, three o'clock one to uh, the New Jersey uh, chiropractic group over there, and that was uh, yeah that was that was pretty rough. But I, but I uh, I got through it and, and was buzzing by the end of it. Unfortunately, I couldn't get back to sleep after, afterwards when I'd done. But uh, uh, it was it was really enjoyable. So yeah, look, I'm lucky that um, you know I've got got a number of friends and, and colleagues um, all around the world, and and uh, uh, of course I'd love to be seeing these people face to face, and and nothing uh, nothing replaces that. But for the time being, you know, seeing their faces over uh, over over uh, computer and and uh, the internet is just something that we'll have to uh, have to do for now. But uh, but I do look forward to to getting back and and. Uh, and seeing people when and you know giving them a hug and give them a handshake and and uh, yeah when we're when we're able to definitely so it's pretty clear that you do a whole right range of different types of work day to day so you're you know still in the practice um, most days of the week doing clinical work with patients and then you're doing a lot of um, work with sporting teams you're doing a lot of talks as well for you Luke what is the thing that you love most about working as a Cairo? Uh, it's probably that uh, come back to before with in terms of my purpose and where I get fulfillment from is in in helping people um, and the I guess the the platform for that for me is is you know my chiropractic my chiropractic uh, skill set and uh, what I'm able to to offer offer people there so um, yeah it, it gives me a, a real sense of, of fulfillment and purpose in in doing that um, and uh, and so whether that's as I mentioned whether that's helping people in the practice or whether that's helping other practitioners um, yeah I, I get a real real buzz from from doing that yeah and that and that's like the one of the highest like needs for us as humans you know if we were to imagine a pyramid of, of needs like at the bottom we've got our own like the survival survival needs of having you know shelter like food safety and at the highest it's it's the contribution and giving back and that is you know when you've reached that point and you can give back and help others um that's what allows you to be so deeply fulfilled day to day Absolutely, and that's uh, that's yeah. What's what, what excites me to get up every day and and know that you know my my days are my days are never the same really. Like uh, you know, we talk about you know, what a typical day looks like, but it, it is so different. And, and depending on you know the, the the patients that I'll be I'll be seeing that day, I, I could see you know such a wide wide variety. And I think um, uh, one of the the well, it's also a challenge too, is that, you know, I see a number of complex cases and, and so it really requires you to, to think a lot and, and that can be, you know, quite cognitively demanding and, and, and tiring. Um, but for me, it's, uh, it, you know, it's, it's, it's fulfilling to, uh, to do that, to have that, uh, to have that challenge. Yeah, for sure. So what we'll do is now we're going to go right back to the start of your career, Luke. We're going to kind of go through the journey as we go through this episode and we'll start with a listener question asking you how did you know that you wanted to get into the field and work as a Cairo did you always know that 
Yeah, so I, I, um, I was lucky in that, that I knew pretty early on, actually, in my, my high school years that, uh, that I wanted to do something in health. I think from I'd always been quite active and, and uh, played a lot of sports as I was growing up, never really excelled in anything in particular, but, but used, to, used to love getting active and, and love sport. And, and uh, I remember in year nine uh, doing the, the subject theory of PE, where you learn more about the human body and, and sport, and I just, I just fell in love with that. And uh, so uh, through those, those early years in high school, I was sort of thinking, oh, you know, when I go physiotherapy or, or, you know, I didn't know a lot about chiropractic at that time, probably in year, year nine, year 10. Uh, and then in year 11, we had a careers evening and we had a number of different people come along and speak and um, was lucky enough to have a, um, a local chiropractor come and, and do a talk and, and, uh, uh, and just sort of say what he's like. And it was just around the corner. And I sort of said, oh, look, you know, do you mind, would you mind if I came and observed you and, and see what, what it's all about uh, and at that stage at that point in year 10 I'd also done a, a work experience at a, at a quite a, a well-known um, sports medicine center and I really enjoyed that um, and then I went to observe this uh, this chiropractor and I actually um, yeah, really enjoyed what uh, what he did. I mean, I was I was fortunate that uh, this this chiropractor is, a, is is was and still is a, a very good chiropractor, and and uh, and so I guess I um, you know fell in love with with what he was doing with the the interaction that was having with the patients with sort of the one on one focused stuff where uh, where you know I've been exposed to something a little bit different before with some of the the physio practice that I that I'd seen, uh, and so I um, yeah I, I'd sort of from then on I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So from year 11, I, I was, uh, that was it. And, and uh, back in those days, to get into chiropractic, you had to uh, not only get a certain, achieve a certain score, but then there was an interview that went on top of that. And uh, so uh, as part of that, I did a lot of observation with this, this chiropractor. So I, I really knew what I was in for before I, uh, before I got into, uh, into uni. And uh, yeah, did that, did a lot of that observation and, and uh, then was successful in, in getting in. And then it was, yeah, the, the five, five year slog from, uh, from there. And uh, um, yeah, then, then done a few different, uh, different things since that, uh, since that time. For you, because you knew what you wanted to do from high school, which shows that those career evenings and that, you know, five day work yeah. experience is, is beneficial. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> What are your tips for students? So, you know, allied health students, or even, you know, if there are any high school students listening to this or any young practitioners um, who are a few years out, who are still questioning if this is the right career path for them and whether they want to specialize, how can they get more clarity if they're still questioning what is the right path for them? So I think something that I did, I did, I mean, just talking about that before when I was in, uh, in high school, before I even got into, uh, into uni, but, um, but then right through my uni is I did a lot of observation. So a lot of, you know, chatting to, to different practitioners, uh, going into their clinic and just basically observing there and, and, and seeing, and, and you just learn, you learn so much from that. So those that are unsure of what they want to do nothing better than going and observe it. I mean, there was some, you know, just chatting to, to high school students that don't know what they want to do or they think they want to do something, but then they, they don't even know what's involved in that, that career path. And a lot of them go into uni not even knowing what, what they're going to be doing on a day-to-day basis. So I'm always uh, one for, for yeah, you know, those, those work experience periods or, or, you know, going calling someone up and sort of saying, can you show me what you do all day? Um, for the students, the uh, young allied health professionals, again, you know, going on, ringing up and, and, and 
observing. I've, I've never said no to uh, to a student or, or a practitioner that comes in and, and wants to wants to see uh, see what we do. Uh, you know, there were a lot of people that were very generous with their time when I was a student and, and a young practitioner, and, and so it's sort of my way of of giving back to that. And so I think that you know, seeing and, and not just going to observe just one person, but going to see multiple and, and you know different professions. It, it, you know, might, you might be an osteo, but there's still something to learn from observing a physio or, or, or a chiro and, and, and vice versa. So I think you learn you learn a lot from that. I think it really accelerated my learning throughout university because I, I would have put in hundreds of hours of observation um, just off my own bat um, and uh, and that put me in, in good stead once I, I did uh, I did graduate. Um, so I think that's a, a my probably my really big tip for, for those um, those to uh, to find out if it's you know if it's what they want to be doing. Mm, especially because there are so many different career pathways and while you're still in high school you're not really exposed to what's out there I think a lot of people Mm. that's why they do choose one pathway and then they change because as they develop they actually discover these other areas that they hadn't even known about earlier and as you say and as you say you got to get out there do some observation to see what it's actually about rather than sitting and kind of you know pondering what's the best option get out there dive in see what it's like and if you like it then go for it and if not then that's when you change exactly and i think there's there's nothing wrong with you know there's there's nothing wrong with with uh with change i think that you know some people think they they and i've 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 seen it in you know fellow classmates and and uh just speaking to others too that they you know they don't particularly enjoy doing what they're what they're doing and but they love doing something else uh and they feel sort of guilty thinking oh geez i've spent this five years at uni doing this i, I need to stay with this but no i mean you, you really do need to 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 chase your you know chase your passion uh, you know go go with what you what you love doing because ultimately you know you're going to be working for 30 40 years and if, if it's not something you're going to enjoy that's that's going to drag on for a very long time and that that starts to ebb into to other areas of life as well too so if that means going back to uni in your in your 30s and 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 going down a different career path well then then so be it um i think that uh yeah it's it's it's, it's don't don't feel stuck um in that uh, that what you're doing um, it, it may be, you know, change may be, may be needed. Mm, yeah. And it's like, it's helpful to visualize your career as not one linear path, right? Mm. You know, as people, we're constantly evolving, we're constantly developing and growing. So sometimes it is very natural and sometimes it is only beneficial to follow that and allow that to flourish instead of resisting it. Absolutely. And I think, look, I find myself very fortunate in that, that I, I, you know, I did, I guess, find my path early on in, in high, you know, in high school and was able to, you know, it, it's it, my passion for it has only got stronger as, as, as I've gone through, whereas I've seen, you know, a number of other friends and, and colleagues that have, have been burnt out at different stages or have left the profession and going doing and doing something else uh, and there's as I said there's nothing nothing wrong with doing that it's 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 chasing your passion but I but I I, I am fortunate I, I do recognize that in that uh, that I have uh, you know never never really contemplated doing anything anything differently so each health professional each um, realm of health professionals taught and renowned for a certain type of practice. For chiros, it can often be the perception that a lot of what you do is manipulation of the spine and working with the neural pathway. However, as I'm as I'm on the Zoom call with you now, I can see a treadmill in the background. I can see like a squat rack in the background. So it's pretty clear. And, you know, anyone who knows you knows that you do a lot more than that. So for you, Luke, this is a listener question. 
what inspired you to break the mold and to focus on a holistic approach for the patient? Yeah, so I, I think my uh, probably, again, the passion that I had for uh, for sports um, and being able to help sporting people, I, I throughout uni, I mean, I think that university, and this is across all disciplines, you know, physio, chiro, osteo, myo, you know, they teach us the basics. Uh, and then after after university, it's really a choose your own adventure. So, you know, you've got a, a limited skill set and then it's up to you to decide what you what you want to do. Now, for me, I wanted to, uh, my passion started to grow very early on in my practice that I wanted to help active people. Uh, and in order to do that, this is the, the skill set that was then required. So I needed to, I need to learn, I need to upskill more about uh, more about rehabilitation, um, you know, things like an understanding of, of different sports, um, you know, training loads, um, strength and conditioning, uh, you know, soft tissue, then there's all the all the manual therapy that goes along with that as well. And so I recognized what I was deficient in and I pursued uh, continuing education to to fulfill those those deficiencies. So I think that that university sort of sets you sets you up um but it doesn't give you the the full school full skill set and in a way that that's that's okay because there's no way that they can teach you uh, teach you everything everything that you need to know and especially when you're you know if you if you've got a particular patient base that you're working with then then that's something that you can uh, can go down and and uh, and pursue so um yeah it, it's uh that was sort of I think the things that I did early on to, to I guess, what might some consider break away from the, the mould of the typical chiropractor. But what I'm finding these days, though, is that that there's a lot of blurring between the professions. So you've got your chiro, physio, osteo, EP, uh, myotherapist, and, you know, there's a lot of similarities between the professions there. And, and I think that that's because we are learning from the same textbooks, we are reading the same research articles, we're attending the same seminars. So if we're learning the same things, then we uh, we, we will be all implementing these things in our patient care. And I think ultimately that comes to the benefit of, of the patient because they're getting the best possible care that's, uh, that's out there. So I think that, and, and as I've found, I mean, being involved in multidisciplinary organisations, things like Sports Medicine Australia, and I've been attending conferences now for, well, I don't know, probably 15, 15 years. But uh, initially, you know, I might have been one of the only few chiros in the room. It was pretty much just physio physio dominated uh and then you know you chat to people and say oh you know you know a car like how how would you use this stuff it's like well how would you use it you know it's the same same way that you you know that you, you're going to implement this stuff but now i found over the years people just used to seeing you know different different professions there it's not so much you know these these i guess these silos and, and these walls have have, uh, have been broken down which is uh, which is fantastic um and uh, and so yeah what what was traditionally i guess you know considered our oh, chiros would be spine only and manipulate then and osteos would be, you know, you've got um, some of the, uh, the, you know, the the longer lever stuff, and it's all about blood flow. And then you've got physios, which is all about, you know, traditionally may have been seen as putting people on on machines and, and giving them a, you know, a sheet full of exercises. Um, you know, it's it, that's that has has broken down now. And uh, I think, um, you know, it's it's great actually. I, I look at the the, the patients that, that I see coming in, and very few of them would would come in. Actually, it's a very small percentage that would come in with with back pain and neck pain, which is something that chiropractors are renowned for. You know, most of the most of the stuff that I'd see is is lower limb based. So um, and um, which is which is exciting. So it's it's what I what I enjoy uh, enjoy treating. So it's it's um, yeah, it's been interesting to see now. I mean, being in the in the game for, for seventeen years, how that uh, how that has changed over uh, over the years. Mm, that's really interesting that you say that over the years the different professions have blurred into more of one. 
um, which means that back then, you know, when you first started practice 17 years ago, it wouldn't have been nearly as common as it is now. And a lot of the times people do act based on not just what they, how they see themselves, but how they see other people seeing themselves. So, mm. you know, you saying that you go to a conference and there's, you're in a room mostly of physios and they're like, oh, you know, almost insinuating in the questions that they ask you, you know, what are you doing here? Mm. So mm. for you, um, having that, having those other people's almost projecting their ideas onto you, mm. whether it's physios or chiros as well, did you ever face any sort of questioning of what you were doing? And if you did, how did you overcome that? Yeah, it's it's a good. That's a really good good question because I guess the um, you know and some of the and I, I have a chat to this about with with young young chiropractors. Um, but uh, there's sometimes the the thought of the grass is greener. You know, they look at say you know physiotherapy and they think, oh, wouldn't it be great if I was just doing that? But having known now knowing and, and friends with a lot of physios, they've got just as many problems in their profession as, as we do in, in ours. It's it's not it's not you know it's not just to for, for one one profession and, and and that can that's right across the right across the board you know that's osteos that's eps that's 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 um uh, you know my therapist as well too so i've got friends now in all those professions and it's not just you know to, to into into one profession there um and so i think that sometimes you sort of think oh geez you know wouldn't it be this is, this is so challenging there's these you know people have got this idea of what i am it would just be easy to go and do this uh and i've got a number of friends that have gone on and and, and uh, you know, done physiotherapy and uh, and that has opened up pathways. You know, I've got some that wanted to go into the armed forces and that was the only way they could go in there. You know, there, there's certainly a, 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 an existing and an easier pathway into, into elite sport to go down to the, the physiotherapy realm. So people have done that for, for their own reasons. For me, it was never something that I, I realistically considered. I mean, sometimes you sort of think, oh, yeah, again, you know, the grass is greener. Wouldn't it be easy if I just, uh, you know, could, could do this? Um, but, uh, but ultimately I was, no, I'm, I'm like I'm staying staying the course on, on what I'm doing, and, and I'm I'm happy happy being uh, being where I am. So yeah, so I think it's it's something that we sometimes feel that we we might get a bit of an inferiority complex, and and uh, I guess I had thought like that before, but as as I said, knowing knowing now what goes on in other professions, it's 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 no different <laughs> to what happens in in our own. Yeah. And then, you know, this is great to talk about because, you know, you and I work together pretty closely. You know, I'm a physiotherapist, you're a chiro, but mm. we work together pretty damn well. Mm. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I mean, even got, you got patients that, that uh, would say something like, oh, you know, I don't, uh, and, and they're obviously as a, as a chiropractor, they're like, oh, you know, you're not supposed to like physios, are you? I'm like, well, well yeah, well, why not? But, uh, you know, we, we can all, we can all be, all be friends. And, and uh, um, it, it's, I think that also, uh, from, from a patient's perspective too, they, they don't really care what your title is. Like, you know, I've got some people that are, that are sent to me and, you know, that, that said, I'll oh, go and see, go and see Luke. And they're like, oh, so what, what do you actually, what, what do you do? You know, they don't even know my title. They just come to see me because they're there to be helped. Um, and for me, I, I really don't, I really don't care. I mean, I'm, I'm proud of, of being a chiropractor. Uh, I don't certainly don't, uh, don't, don't hide that. Um, but ultimately yeah whatever's going to help the whatever's going to help the patients and, and patients really don't really don't care about that so long as you you have got an interest in 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 them you 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 know a vested interest obviously in 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 helping them and uh, achieving what they want then they don't care 
Mm. Now that, as you say that, I just remember when we first started working together, people were making jokes to me about how I was fraternizing with the enemy. I just remember yeah. that. I'd forgotten about that actually. Yeah. And look, it's, it's probably something, I mean, you know, we, 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 we joke about that. It's probably something that I see maybe in the, in the circles that I, that I hang around with, with being a lot of a chiropractors that do, that do often uh, integrated in with other physios or EPs or, or even, even doctors. It's something that we just, see as being normal now whereas i think in in the physio profession it's probably not as not as common and, and seen from from that side so um but yeah you know we're, we're breaking breaking down walls as, as we go and and uh yeah in future i, I don't think it would even you know people would even bat an eyelid over it again it comes down to your your skill set and, and what you know versus uh versus that uh the, the title uh, underneath your name yeah absolutely and you know if anyone's listening has is familiar with um, Simon Sinek and his book, Start With Why. He's quite renowned for saying in that, that people are loyal to who you are and why you do things, not just what you do. So Mm. it doesn't matter, as you say, the exact title and the specifics, but it's actually the intention and who we are behind all that, that actually makes a difference to people. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so let's continue on the journey. So you've decided you want to do Cairo. You are, you know, you're, you believe in it. You're standing with conviction. This is what you want to do. So you graduated, Luke, which was 17 years ago. What did the early days of your practice look like before you started health and high performance? Yeah, so I've, I've been, uh, I've been worked in, in a couple of different uh different environments. I, I started off working inside a gym, had a, a room inside a gym there. Then we went into went into a shop front where I was working with um, uh, different uh, health professionals there, allied, an allied health team. And then I went to establish um, the previous clinic that I was working in, in uh, and that was again in, in a shop front with a friend of mine from uni. And that's where with at Chiropractic Solutions, and that's where I was for, for a fair chunk of my career. So that's where I was from 2006 until just just recently um and uh and then over that time i sort of found myself you know probably towards the end of you know probably that would have been about 10 years out of practice you know i was pretty much throughout the time of, of being at, at chiropractic solutions I, I had a stronger interest in sport and so i was i guess i was building a, a strong a bigger caseload um the practice itself was more a generalist practice so you know we saw people from all over the place and um, I just became more and more passionate about, about seeing active people. And uh, so I, it got to the point where I, I thought, no, look, this is, this is who I love working with and I want to, you know, as much as specialise, but I, I want to have a practice that's, that's based around these people. And it just wasn't, that just wasn't possible in the environment that, that I was there. And so made the decision that uh, I was going to go off on, on my own um and uh, and do that and that then led to the formation of, of health and high performance uh two and a half years ago and uh and obviously still here to uh, to this day uh but uh yeah it, it sort of enabled me to basically that 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 move was to um to allow me to to see to to grow the 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 base and, and the patient base of, of the people that i wanted to see mm. 
And that ties in with what you were saying at the start, you know, when you're doing something you that is really aligned in what you love and what you're passionate about, then you can really excel. And that's that's the only, one of the key ingredients that you need, really. Yeah, and I think, it, you know, it really comes down to, I mean, I, I, see, I see now in terms of my, my job satisfaction and my love doing for what I'm doing, it's, it's never been higher. And, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to say that after 17 years in, in, in practice that, uh, that I, I love doing what I'm doing now more than any other time. I mean, you know, people will sometimes ask me, oh, would you, would you have done it sooner? And I think probably that the time and the circumstances all, all worked out well. And I guess the stars, the stars aligned, although one could argue starting up a practice in the middle of a global pandemic wasn't the best the best thing. And there's certainly been some challenges. It hasn't all been beer and Skittles in the last, uh, the last two and a half years. There's been a lot of, you know, hair pulling moments and, and, uh, and, and frustrations, but um, you know, we're, we're getting, getting through and, and uh, yeah, as I said, I've, I've never been happier than, than, than what I am at the, at the moment. Mm. And if we go back to when you first graduated, so we have to go back 17 years now. I think a lot of health practitioners who have been working will resonate with this in that the first six months, the first 12 months after graduating are quite tough. You know, you've taken or you've learned all this theory at uni and now you're out in the big, bad world. So the thing is a lot of people do experience, and I've gotten a few questions about this, is imposter syndrome. It's the feeling that people get when they feel like they're out of their depth, when they doubt their abilities and they may feel like a fraud. Um, It can also mean that if people are achieving success, that they actually perceive that success at a deep unconscious level occurred by luck and they didn't actually deserve it. And this ties in a little bit with what we were talking about before, but is that something that you've ever experienced, you know, whether it's in the first couple of years out or as you can proceeded to continue to expand your work and and to move up the different levels and work with high level athletes did you ever experience that and how did you work to move through that yeah it's certainly certainly you know it's certainly something I, I, I have experienced in the past and whether that's you know delivering the first talk um, to a group of, of patients <laughs> I remember my first first talk on uh, what was it talking about actually uh, oh, it was first year out talking about it was actually talking about core strength uh, actually to and this is 17 years ago in, in the in the gym <laughs> and talking about that at, that at that stage it was you know that the, the, the TA was was pretty big so it was transverse abdominis so talking about that sort of stuff and I, I remember you know having little flashcards that I was I was reading off there and, and oh, uh, <laughs> certainly certainly yeah exactly certainly <laughs> felt felt like like uh, like that then I'm like oh geez I'm delivering this talk to to, to people here uh, and then it's you know going through it's it's uh, you know whether it's then treating your, your first high, high profile um, you know patient uh, delivering a talk to to other other practitioners it's it certainly it's certainly there um, I think that you know what you said is it's perceived so it's it's something that you know that we feel internally but that but you, you can probably be rest assured that no one in your audience is actually even thinking that so. Um, Unfortunately, it's something that we inflict upon ourselves with this uh, this imposter syndrome. Um, I think that it's something that to to overcome that I've found 
you know, just realizing that the, the vast majority of people that you're addressing or that you're involved in, uh, they just, you, you know more than them. Um, and, you know, I think that that applies now also to, to social media. And I, I love seeing, you know, younger younger um, practitioners and even students putting, uh, putting content out there. I mean, there's going to be people that know a lot more than them and there's people that know a lot more than, than me as well too. Um, and, um, but I, I think you just get the mindset that, look, you know, you know what you know and you're helping this sort of people here. There's going to be people out on the, the outsides that, that know more than what you and it's like, I know, I know that, but that's not, you know, that's not who you should uh, should be, be focusing on. So um, you need to sort of, I guess, block out those 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 doubting voices in, inside your head and, and realize that you you know stuff. <laughs> Essentially, you know stuff is uh, is what you can you can you can tell yourself. Um, and make that uh, your mantra. Just repeat it to yourself in the morning. In right. the mirror, you I know, know stuff. I know stuff. That's ex- exactly <laughs> oh, right. Stuff. That's, yeah. that's exactly right. So, um, so yeah, I think it's something that we we all face at, at certain times. I mean, I, I never say that for me. It's been it's been crippling. It's never been a, a recurrent thing. But if you do have fleeting moments when you when you are delivering that, you know, that first talk, and you're thinking, oh, geez, geez. But then you get it done, and you know what? And then you you then build from that, and then it gets to the point where it's just like, well, you know, you're not even you're not even even thinking that anymore. So, so I wouldn't be worried about that. You know, for for anyone out there that is that is feeling that way, um, it's something you certainly do. Uh, uh, you do overcome and it is something that is self-inflicted no one out there is is thinking that uh that you're uh you know that you are an imposter mm. and it's as you say something that everyone will experience no matter what point of their journey they're in like you know from transitioning from uni to practicing in the first year or going from you know working with local athletes to national level athletes or working from national to international there's always that next step that will be breaking through to a new level of unknown so you know everyone experiences it's not just not just you no, that's right. You know, and even when you come in with with early on, you see a patient. It might be the first time you've seen them with X condition, and they're like, "Have oh, you treated this before?" And you haven't. You're like, "Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, I have." <laughs> and, uh, it's impossible. Yeah, that's exactly right. After they leave the room, they go googling in there. So, yeah, yeah, no, it uh, it it certainly happens. But look, as you, as you go through as you go through life, and, and then you you you're uh, you become more experienced in that that those uh, those voices get uh, get get quieter and quieter. Yeah. And at the start for you, Luke, you said that you've always been interested in active populations. For you, was it a gradual transition, even when you were practice in your general practice, to working more with active populations? Or was there a line where it became a bit more apparent? Um, Cairo asks, how did you make that transition from Goni Cairo to Sports Cairo? Yeah, so for those not familiar with what a Goni Cairo is, it's, it, the, the Gonstead is, is a type of chiropractic technique. And, and that's what I, I, I did, you know, apply myself a lot to in my, uh, throughout my earlier years and, and, uh, uh, and, at, and at university. Uh, and though what I found is, as I said, with, with wanting to work in that active population, I, I sort of you know, was looking to add other things to that. I realised that that you know that particular technique might have been okay for, for doing this, but that I really needed to to add all these other these other uh, skill sets to my uh, to my uh, repertoire. Um, and so it probably was more a general transition. So it was something that yeah, just over over time, I learned more and more and more and more. Probably the biggest delineation was only until recently, until I went to you know. To, to start at the uh, started the clinic here, where I'm like, no, this is this is this is who I'm going to I'm going to to market to. This is the people that I that I want to see. So until that point, you know, until that you know, 15 throughout those 15 years, it was more a general uh, general transition. Mm. 
And then that leads into the next question, which is for any health professionals who do want to specialize in any particular area, whether it is, you know, sports or even, you know, women's health or whatever it is, would you recommend from your experiences or from talking with others to stay general first for a set period of time or to actually start to niche early as soon as they know what it is that they want to do? Yeah, so look, I, I guess I can only speak from my experience in that, that I, I was, I guess, was a generalist early on. Um, it allowed me to get exposed to a lot of different, you know, a lot of different um, types of patients and, and a lot of different sort of situations. And, and from there, I was able to see what I, what I love to do. So I guess that exposure to a generalist environment then gave me the focus to specialize although i would say that if if you you know if you're particularly passionate about about a particular you know patient population whether that be sports whether that be geriatrics or whether that be you know youth or or what it is if you're really passionate about that well then there's nothing to stop you from uh, from going down that uh, going down that path immediately like i i see uh, you know, young, uh, you know, chiropractic and students and, and uh, that are really passionate about working. I mean, you know, working in, in sports and with, with active people, probably more passionate than I was back at, back at their point at, at their age. Um, and for them, that's like, they're not, that's, that's what I want to do. And for them, I'm like, yep, yeah, go for it. If you, if you know, that's what you want to do, then, then go for it. Um, but uh, I think that there, yeah, there's, there's probably, I mean, you can argue that there is a, there is a benefit to seeing a more generalized um, population. I guess you get exposed to different demographics and different situations there that, that uh, perhaps as that comes up through your practice career, you can get a bit more comfortable with that, uh, with dealing with. Um, but I don't think there's a right or wrong answer there. I mean, again, it comes down to what you, what you're passionate about. If you love working with sports i mean you really can't stand working with you know x population here well then you know then don't um it, it's it's i guess from the the other consideration from that point of view is also the financial situation as well i mean choosing a a, a particular niche or, or population it's it's really important that that you know you that there is actually a market there for it uh and you're not thinking oh, i love you know treating lacrosse players and that's that's all i want to do um and you know there's there's certainly people out there playing lacrosse but it's not a, a huge amount of amount of people and so you know specializing in a particular niche that's, that's very very niche uh could be uh, a, a bit more challenging um so it's it's also you know a matter of what you're passionate about i mean i'm lucky that i'm passionate about running and and runners and uh there's there's plenty of plenty of those out there so Plus also running forms a big part of most field sports or all field, field sports in, in Australia. So that sort of encompasses all those, all those things too. So yeah, it's, it's been, I guess, being realistic from a financial point of view is, you know, can that, um, uh, you know, is, is that, is that doable? Uh, and also from, you know, if you're looking to start up a practice and specializing in a particular group, it may take you longer to, uh, to, you know, to build that, um, that, that, that base. If you're sort of saying no to all this here and just really reflect, concentrating on on that it, it may take you it might take you longer mm, that's actually a good point that you bring up you know like looking to see whether there is a market for that like yeah you don't want to be I mean you, you, I'm not saying it's impossible but working with maybe like snow sports or ice skaters in Melbourne where it's just like not as popular or yeah. ice hockey I don't even know if that's actually if there's teams for oh ice there hockey. is yeah we used to we, we, yeah we worked with it with the, with the uh the Melbourne Melbourne ice the Melbourne ice hockey team for uh for a few years actually so it's funny funny you say that but uh but again yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't base it wouldn't base a practice on it absolutely not so yeah yeah so then that's looking at the market and, and the demand for it something that some people may be wondering is whether they should make their decision purely based off what they really want to do or to look at 
the supply in the area as well, you know, like looking at competition and making the decision based off that, what would you recommend? Well, I think that's, that's all, that is part of, part of making the decision as well. You do need to, you do need to look at, you know, as I said, that the, your, your, uh, the size of, I guess your target market and, and the competition that's out there as well, that's all part of, of the, the financial side. So I don't think that, you know, blindly following your, your passion is, is necessarily the, the thing to do. It's, it's combining passion with planning uh, and, uh, and the, to ensure that that then success results from that. So yeah, I, I don't think you can just make it off the fact that I want to see these uh, this this you know this particular group. Mm. And nowadays, I've noticed. I don't know if you've noticed this, Luke. Especially since the pandemic, a lot of people have um, made more of a presence online as well, mm-hmm. and there appears to be you know more competition than ever. What would be your recommendation for any health professionals who want to stand out in their niche, or you know as as a general thing like if they want to you know stand out against the crowd and be unique in their way yeah well i think as you as you said being unique i mean having you know personality come through in in, in what you're doing i think is, is really good i i think that uh you know what what previously uh was, was put out there was you know just people doing particular type of exercises that didn't really show any any um I suppose personality, and then that's something that I guess you and I have have started doing more of, and you know, having a bit of having a bit of fun about it, and, and having a bit of a laugh, which is which is who we are. So, um, and uh, you know, some people might not like that, and, and that's that's fine. I mean, we're just as so long as we're we're being authentic and is as to who we are. I think that's that's really important. So, so yeah, being authentic, uh, and uh, the other thing is you know, consistently putting things out there, and also you know, I, I guess an understanding of what what uh, what people want. I think that. Um, I've seen a number of people that have, I guess, have have sort of come and gone from social media, and that they've, you know, they've put all this this effort in there, but then maybe seeing that, oh, well, you know, what did I, what did I get out of that? So I think there's a there's certainly a, a right and a wrong way to uh, to to go about that, uh, and just sort of you know randomly throwing you know bits of content out there isn't isn't necessarily the best way, and you've got to you do got to sort of think out well what what's the what's the reward? What am I getting out of this? Um, so I, I think it's great that people have, you know, that we have seen an explosion of that and that people are putting stuff out there that it's, uh, you know, I just just said to a, a friend of mine in the States just before, I said, you know, it's, it's really good people putting all this stuff out because, you know, as the, as the, the saying goes, a, a rising tide lifts all, all boats. So, you know, that the more people we've got with, with putting out good quality information, the more we drown out the poor quality stuff. Cause there's certainly, you know, there's certainly a, a, a wealth of that out there in social media. So, uh, and that's, you know, not just for educating other health professionals, but also for educating the general public. So if we can, you know, uh, get rid of some of these myths and, and misconceptions that a lot of the general public have, then, then I, think that's uh, that's the benefit of everyone mm, great tips there so fast forwarding to now or you know current day or oh, two and a half years ago you opened up um, health and high performance your own practice tell us a little bit more about what you do at health and high performance yeah, so uh, health, and as we mentioned before, you know, got to the point where I realised, well, no, I want to want to help active people, and and at that point, I mean, I was getting more and more into into running, and I, I hadn't probably decided at that point that that running would be the, the thing that I, I would uh, you would do more of. That probably came maybe a year into health and high performance, but basically, uh, I I you know made this decision. I said, no, I'm I'm selling out of the, the business where I am, uh, and going to start up this this uh, this business by myself hadn't decided where I was going to do it yet uh, started looking for you know looking for places and then uh, my brother-in-law 
uh, I was chatting to, to him, who's also a chiropractor, and my wife's also a chiropractor. Uh, and uh, she, uh, had, my brother-in-law said, oh, look, well, why don't you, we've got a, a spare room here. Why don't you, you know, work, run your business out of here? And, uh, and so I thought about that and thought, well, yep, that's a, that sort of could work out, uh, could work out quite well. And, uh, and so, yeah, so, so started, in, started in here and uh, then uh, have been, as I said, started to look more into the, into the running side of things, probably six months into, into that. Uh, and then have been been building in there. So the, the vast majority of the patients are, are active. A, a big majority of those are, are, are runners. Uh, I don't say no to people. So, if, if, you know, people don't have to exercise to, to come here. Like I had some of the patients at Bentley East. It's like, oh, but I don't really do any, any you know, sports. Can I still see? I'm like, of course you can. Like any, anyone can see me here. I mean, I've got, you know, 90-year-old grandmas that just go out for, for walks. It doesn't it doesn't worry me who you are. I'm not going to turn turn people away. It's just that the people that, that I, in you know, get the most satisfaction out of you know running is is my passion and so therefore i love to be around other runners and talking talking shoes and talking races and talking sessions and and, and that sort of thing so it's what what puts a smile on my face and and uh and yeah it gives me uh, it gives me that that satisfaction so so that's what yeah where, where i am am to this day and and uh obviously you know it's been great to have you involved and since uh, since last year as well it's it's been uh, you know a big part of of um of my, my current enjoyment is uh is you know having yourself having yourself involved so so thank you for being uh, for being a part of it <laughs> pleasure it's like you know highlight of the week is filming our reels for instagram yeah, isn't it <laughs> that's right exactly it yes it's uh no it is as i said it's nice to you know put a bit of personality have a bit of bit of a you know a bit of a laugh i think that you know one of the things i've enjoyed i've always been a bit of a bit of a creative and and uh hadn't really done much i mean throughout high school i i, I did um you know i did art and and then but since finishing high school never really did much of that um and so i've found that yeah with with the creating the stuff that we have have, have sort of fulfilled my my creative side um it's also allowed me to you know put put pen on paper in terms of some of my thoughts and and uh you know over the years i've, I've attended a lot of lot of uh, continuing education and and so yeah just as i guess refine these things and put them down in, in terms of yet yeah, this is this is how we approach things is, has been been quite refreshing for me um i think you know going back to and whilst whilst we're on that too you're talking about um you know some advice for the, the younger practitioners is, is investing heavily in yourself early on and that's something that's uh, something that i did i, I spent thousands and thousands of, of dollars over the years on on continuing education uh to the point where I mean, it's it's a it's a running joke in my family still to this day and, and amongst my friends what do you got on this weekend luke oh another seminar or um so i've, I've uh, yeah I've, I've invested a lot in that and then probably at, at one point i realized was was a little bit too much and and uh you know i think one week one month i went to you know it was a seminar every every weekend and that was probably a bit much because it, it, it sort of doesn't allow you to implement so i think I think one of the mistakes I made was just consuming, consuming, consuming information, but then not, you know, sitting back to to reflect on that and working out how to to implement that into my my practice or, or my life. So I know that's a little bit of a a, a, a sideways uh, uh, divergence there, but um, but yeah, just while I was thinking about that, it's, it's something I'd, I'd you know it's really important to to invest in yourself and and uh, um, and uh, but then not not take on too much. Mm, yeah. And as you say, it's an investment. It's like something that you add value to yourself and it will come back and it'll pay off in the future. But it's funny that you say that, you know, you, you've spent, you've invested in, your, in yourself a lot. And James, my partner, always jokes about how he, he never sees 
the the money that I bring in because it just goes <laughs> it just goes back into <laughs> goes back into investing more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd I'd, I'd hate to think, but um, you know, I always laugh when you know when it comes to end of end of year for our our ARPA registration. You know, you need to attend 30, you know thirty hours, and I remember getting randomly audited. You know, might have been three years ago, and I'm just like, all right, there's you know, I looked at it, I'm like, geez, you know, there was like eighty hours of of actually you know formal education, let alone you know all the other stuff like webinars and you know reading research articles and stuff like that I'm like I oh, just just you know here we go take that and <laughs> and uh and so so yeah never have to worry come you know end of end of uh, uh October November thinking oh geez I need to get my CPD points up so um yeah that's been that uh, been quite quite uh, quite good and, and that's but I but I love I love learning I love I love it's another thing I, I really enjoy about um about their uh, our profession is that you are always learning I'm, I'm always improving I'm always changing the way that that, that I do things I'm I'm not uh, you know even though I've had you know I've had some experience I, I believe I can continue to uh, to, to continue to get better and, and continue to improve and I'll I'll continue to uh, to to pursue that. Mm. So you're saying that you don't do any more workshops on how to activate your transverse abdominus? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, thankfully that uh, geez, it brings back sweaty palms just thinking about that uh, about that talk. Actually, it was uh, um, no, no. We thankfully changed the way we've done we've done things there. So, and that's where I, I do look back and you know some of the ways that I that I used to manage things in those those earlier days. And and from what I knew, that was that was the thing to do. But um, yeah. yeah, practice is is, a, is continuing to evolve, as I'm sure you know all our all our listeners will, will find um and uh you know how you you practice now is is likely going to be very different in, in five to, to ten years time mm. well it's like they say you know if you don't look back to the past and you don't cringe at what you used to do then you're not developing and evolving <laughs> right. fast enough yeah that's exactly right i do feel sorry for some of those patients in those earlier years but uh in saying that no look it, it's one of the things about and and uh you know uh, um young chiros and, and students you know chatting to to them and 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 they sort of you know can always be a bit fearful of of you know those earlier earlier years and and my advice to them is actually you know it's it's easy to to you know it, it's not that hard a job um you're able to you know when you when you graduate from uni you're able to help a lot of people it's the the, the hard cases that are, that are the tough ones but that only might be 10 percent of, of what you see you know the vast majority of, of people you are going to be able to do uh, to do something for um and uh, and so that sort of helps to give give people uh, people confidence um and uh, you know you, you only need to look i guess at some of the some of the practitioners in across all professions they're not really you know i wouldn't say great at what they do or practicing an evidence-based model but they're still able to still able to help people um and there's still satisfied people out uh, out there that they uh so so yeah don't don't be too fearful of, of those uh, those earlier years and, and thinking that you're not going to be able to uh to you know to do your job mm. so coming back to health and high performance when you first opened up or up till now what have been some of the biggest challenges that you have faced and how did you work through them uh, well, I think COVID's probably probably been a, a pretty significant one. I think a lot of people out there have found. I mean, as I said, starting a, starting a practice. I mean, I I uh, yeah, it, it's, it was certainly challenging when I, I set myself when I started here. I, I sort of said to myself, oh, I think 
you know, I, I give myself a year um, to, to be where I am. I mean, the, the fortunate situation I had is because I was able to sell out of my existing business. It gave me, you know, it gave me money to be able to sustain myself while, while the, new, the new clinic built up. Uh, and so I was thinking, oh, yeah, probably a year. And I, I, I underestimated that. I don't know really where I plucked that figure from. It, it certainly took longer than that when we initially started the, the previous practice. Um, and I thought, oh yeah, with a bit more experience and, and, you know, a network now, it'll be, it'll be easier. Um, but you know, that, that ended up that year ended up more, more like two years. And then with, with COVID, I think that that didn't really help things either. So that probably stretched things out, things out a little bit. So there were certainly challenges in that, in that, uh, that, those, those, uh, those early, early times. Um, but, uh, you know, I just kept, uh, kept persisting and, and, um, I kept working at it and, and, you know, we, we, we're there where we, we need to be and, uh, yeah, I couldn't, uh, couldn't, couldn't be happier with it, but yeah, it was, it, it is challenging, you know, starting your own, starting your own practice is a lot of work. It, it's, uh, and it doesn't end when you, you get home, like I've, you know, still to this day, you know, envious of people that, that work a, a nine to five job because they get home and it's just like, yep, switch off, you know, once they leave the office, it's, it's, it's done. Whereas we get home and, you know, you're doing paperwork, you're doing, you know, you're doing marketing, you're doing content, all this sort of stuff, newsletters and all this sort of thing. It, 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 there's a lot of work that goes into uh, outside, of, outside of it. Um, and sometimes I think, geez, it'd just be easier just to, you know, just to rock up and say, yeah, okay, see, you, I'm done now and not have to, not have to worry about it. Um, but you know, the upside to, to that is, you know, I guess being your own boss and, and being an entrepreneur is you can, you know, got the flexibility of, of when you want to do those things, if you want to take a week off or if you don't want to do those, uh, those, those particular things, but yeah, it's been a lot of work, a lot, it's a lot of work and a lot of work outside of, outside of hours too. So, you know, as part of that, you make a lot of sacrifices around, around, uh, you know, uh, social and, 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 uh, and, and family. Um, so I'm, I'm quite lucky to have a, a very understanding, uh, wife and, and, uh, and, and, family um that have uh, certainly have supported um, me through the uh, through the whole process mm, yeah so having your own business you know the the pros are you get more flexibility even mm-hmm. though it is more hours than a typical 40 hour working week but yeah you know would you have it any other way <laughs> No, no, and, and look, you know, there's there's been times where I've I've had, you know, there's there's been discussions that have, have been had where you know I offered positions of of working somewhere as an you know as a as an employee, and I was thinking, you know, I had to really hard think about it and think would would I do that? And and ultimately, I, I said no. I don't think it would be it'd be hard for me to to go back to to that. Um, and I, I think that I mean I, I love I guess the thing about having your own business is, is being able to build something and, and create something. Uh, and uh, that's certainly a, a challenge, but again, sort of gives you that, that real fulfillment when you've been able to, you know, to achieve, achieve those goals. So I think that, yeah, once you've sort of got that entrepreneurial uh, mindset, it, it's sort of hard to, uh, hard to switch that off. Mm, I can absolutely relate. I don't think mm. I could go back to not being my own boss where I can take mm. leave as much as I want. That's right. <laughs> from my exactly. boss, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's 100%. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. yeah. And, and as you say, you're growing something. So it's as fulfilling as, you know, being a parent. Um, that's, you know, a lot of people say that being a parent to human babies um, is the, the best type of love that they'll ever experience. And it, this is the same. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's, uh, 
Yeah, I was just saying to the kids, they're saying I didn't have I didn't have grey hair before I had you before I had you kids. I said that the other night actually because they were looking at old photos of me all those years ago. Um, and uh, no, it is it, it's uh, yeah certainly again you know business and, and children uh, you know there's there's certainly some similarities between there. You know you do invest a lot of time. There's there's some reward, but there's, there's some incredible frustrations and tears and and uh, in the uh, in in the process. But uh, yeah, look very very I feel very fortunate to uh, to to uh, to have. Uh, have such a, a fantastic family so yeah <laughs> good to hear yeah. so what does a typ- typical day look like for you at the moment Luke well I guess that you know there's there's well it depends on the day of the week really but I, I mean most of most of my time in, in practice is is consulting and, and seeing patients uh, and then the other portion of, of that is communication so I, I you know I have quite open channels of communication with with all my patients so we're sort of you know following up with them you know seeing how a particular training session went you know uh, how can we progress the 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 rehab from the you know the time that I see them to to the time that I see them next so there's often a lot of emails and conversations with uh with with them or if they're having any issues then I, I encourage them to uh to to contact me so there's there's certainly that um then there's the you know the running the business side of things so you know the financials and and uh um doing all the the, the marketing side of things as well too so that gets sort of sprinkled in during the day i I've certainly uh well i'm, I'm trying the process of training for melbourne marathon at the moment so that's uh which i i do hope goes ahead so that's uh that's a big a big part of my life uh during the day i, I try and get a a, a run in at lunchtime so i squeeze uh, squeeze that in there to get my training training done then uh, and that's a, a big uh, as big a physical as it is a, a mental uh, relief for, for me to uh, to escape from things um, and then, yeah, then it's, it's sort of on my, on my other days. So I sort of work, uh, all day, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and then I, I do uh, Tuesday mornings. So then the afternoons, uh, is with, uh, with family and then weekends, uh, work the, every second Saturday. And then, then it's sort of, you know, training and, and family time. So, um, yeah, the, the, every day does, does differ. And then obviously I've got the organizations that I'm involved with as well. So sports medicine, Australia, and then sports chiropractic Australia as well as the, the president there. So that's, uh, you know, that takes up hours during the, uh, during the week as well. So, um, yeah, it, it does, it, the, 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 the average day does, does depend. Um, but I'd say there's, uh, you know, there's, there's usually, there's definitely work, uh, there's definitely exercise and then there's, uh, there's definitely uh, family time as well too. Mm, yeah. So you're a chiropractor, you're also a CEO, a marketer, <laughs> Your yes. own personal assistant, yes. salesman, every, everything, right? That's 100% <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, we're multiple, multiple hats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a, a question, another question that I commonly get asked um, is about the financial side of things, the financial reward and how to continue growing that because that is, you know, money in a way is oxygen. We do need it in mm. society, in this, this world. So getting to the 100K a year mark, seems to be getting near to the top end of a yearly salary for health professionals. Um, some people have said, what are some ways that you've found to break above if you wanted to? What are some tips that you have? Yeah, so I think that the firstly, I mean, you know, that that's, a, a, I suppose, a perceived barrier. But I guess the thing really to ask yourself is what, what do you need? You know, what, what, sort of a, what sort of a lifestyle do you, do you want to live? I mean, the, the, the saying, you know, money can't, can't buy happiness is, is true to, to some regard. I mean, you, you need enough money to, to really to do the things that you want to. But uh, what that lifestyle looks like to you is, 
is very different from person to person. I mean, I'm not really one for, for flashy cars. I mean, you only need to see my car to know that I'm not one for to driving around in, in fancy automobiles. And, and uh, you know, um, so I think we live at quite a, you know, a, not, a, not a, certainly not an extravagant life. And, and so that, that, that takes a lot of financial pressure off because, you know, financial pressure is, is, is not good. I mean, we certainly experienced that, you know, going from the transition of, of selling the business in terms of, and then building up, building up here. And there was that sort of period where you, you know, you're eating into your savings and you're like, geez, we really need to need to get here. And, and it's, it's quite stressful. Um, so, so I, I know there's probably some of our listeners that have been in that situation or currently are in that situation. Um, I think in terms of from a, an employment um, perspective, yeah, that, that might be what you, you may cap out at, at um, uh, working in, in a lot of, uh, of, of other businesses. So the, your options from there would be either looking to go and do your own thing, um, but realising that, that there comes a lot of significant, you know, financial stresses that, that go along with that too, that if things don't, don't work out. Um, and also the building up process as well can, uh, can take some time. Uh, the other option would be, you know, having a side hustle. So whether that's a, a particular, you know, you develop a particular product or you developed a, you know, an online online course or a workshop or, or something like that, you know, thinking about who you're passionate about, you know, how can you serve that? And that, and that could be, um, you know, done whilst you're, you know, continuing to work in, in the employment um, situation that you're in uh, is to, to start to, you know, work on more with this uh, this type of, of patient population. So, so I think there's a few different you know a few different ways that can supplement income uh but ultimately you need to think about you know what what you do uh um what you actually need and and one of the things i, I can highly recommend which was you know we a financial planner years ago um you know an exercise i did with them was you know drop down where all, where's your money going you know where where and you can you know you'd be quite shocked at how things how quickly things add up and as he said you'll always live to your you know you always live to your means in terms of if you're earning this much you tend to spend this much um, uh, and so really looking and breaking down those figures and, and um, uh, you know, my wife sort of laughs in that, that I, I do keep a, you know, track of, of what comes in and what, what comes out, like much like running the business side of things. I also look at it from a home perspective as well. Like I've actually got, you know, a, a, a myob file that I've got for our home expenses. So I know how much we've got coming in and, and how much we've got, we've got going out. Um, so I think having a good, uh, a good grapple on the, the uh, on, on finances is, uh, is, is a really important because, you know, you may think that, geez, I need to earn 100 grand. But when you look at what you're spending your money on, you think, oh, okay, yeah, I probably could do, could do with spending less. And I probably don't need to be going out for, for breakfast every, every single day or, you know, reducing things there like, uh, like that. So, yeah, a few, a few tips there. And how much of your running shoes and your running gear make up the uh, outgoings of your house uh, home expenses? Yeah, well, Louise might listen to this podcast, so I, I better not say actually. So uh, <laughs> more than more than what? Well, you know, paper flies aren't cheap, so that's that's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> all right, as we come to the end of the episode, Luke, one final question for you to leave with the listeners: What have been the three biggest things for you that have allowed? that has allowed you to excel in your career? So three biggest things. Well, I think the, the first one uh, we mentioned mentioned early on, that's uh, that's family and friends. So I'm, I'm very lucky to uh, to have, 
you know, very supporting and understanding wife. But, um, you know, I think the, the pandemic for her has been, been good because I've been home uh, all the time, whereas, you know, previously I was away quite frequently. I was at, at seminars. So, you know, very supportive. And, and you know, for the, the work that I put in, you know, outside of my, my clinic hours as well, so some of the evenings there. So, you know, very, very fortunate to, to have her and, and, you know, and such a, a loving and, and supporting um, a family and, and friends as well. So that's that's probably that's a big number one. That's probably the, 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 the biggest thing is, is having that support there. Um, two would be would be the, the passion for what I do. So I love doing what I'm doing. So for me, it's not, you know, it's not so much work. I, I really enjoy, you know, getting stuck into uh, into challenges and and uh, and ticking things off. So that, that's the, the the passion. And I guess the third thing that that um, that, my, that you know has contributed to, to where I am at the moment has been uh, my work ethic. So I, I am quite a diligent worker, and I guess that ties into passion too. I, I set myself these goals, uh, and I work hard to uh, to to get to. Uh, to, to make them successful and achieve them. Mm, that's some great things to leave with the listeners. Well, Luke, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. This has been an absolute blast of an episode. Can't wait to share this with everyone out there. I'm sure there'll be a lot of questions since, you know, I actually even had some more questions to ask you, but we've run out of time. So if anyone does have any other questions or they do want to get in touch with you, where's the best place for them to find you? Yeah, so people can uh, can easily uh, email me, luke at healthhp.com.au or they can find me on uh, usually on Instagram at sportschiroluke, uh, also on Twitter as well. But uh, yeah, anyone is more than welcome to email or, or message me if they've got any, uh, got any questions. As I said, I love to, you know, I love helping helping people. So uh, any advice I can offer, I'm, I'm certainly more than willing to, uh, willing to do that. Great. Well, once again, thank you so much. I think, you know, for you, someone who really leads by example, um, someone who, like you say, you've got a good work ethic, but you're also so fulfilled and you love what you do. I think that's a great example of what we need more of in this world. So thank you. Thanks, Trang. It's great. Thank you. And there it is. How to excel in your career as a health professional with sports chiropractor Luke Nelson. Now, I don't know about you guys, but even just listening back to that episode, firstly, I had a lot of laughs. Secondly, I could hear in Luke's voice how much joy and passion he has for everything that he talks about and for everything that he does. And as Luke covered, that's all you need to really excel in your career. You need to do something that you care about. You need to do something that is aligned to your heart, to your values, and do something that you're you're truly passionate about because the rest, like the skills, the experience, that will come with time. But as long as you are passionate, then you will shine in your career. I hope that you enjoyed that episode. I certainly did and learned a lot from it as well. It was great to get to know the story behind Luke. I think we always get to see where people are at, but we don't always get to see how they got there. And it was great to unpack that a little bit today. If you do have any questions, you'll be able to find Luke's details in the podcast description. If you've got any feedback, any future podcast topic requests, or simply want to share what you thought of this episode, then please reach out, send us an email. And if you do enjoy the podcast, I'd love it if you could take a moment and leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. Until next episode, guys, have a wonderful day and I'll see you then. Mm